Okay, make a podcast, people. It is time to make a podcast. I found out the other day, I was very distressed. Do you remember the ad, the, uh, ad campaign from like the 80s and 90s with Dunkin' Donuts, Time to Make yep, the Donuts? Yeah, love it. Somebody told me, and I I don't know how to verify it, but they knew somebody who worked for Dunkin' Donuts. All those fucking donuts are frozen. They just thaw them out in the what? morning. I have a... Are you as disturbed I'm by that so as I am? I'm disturbed by that. There's no... Really? I'm so I, mad I don't have words. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> as, as far as I know, I mean, they, they, it was just somebody who claimed that one of their friends used to work at Dunkin' Donuts, and that's why they don't go to Dunkin' Donuts anymore, because they told them that all of their donuts are just frozen, that they frost defrost in the oh, morning. You know what I just decided? I'm looking, because I don't want to get sued. Here's what I just decided. I don't care. Here's why. I've got so many. <laughs> I've got They're so donuts. many things in my world that are so heavy. I can't deal with this, and I really just enjoy Dunkin' Donuts. So I'm just gonna let it go. I'm okay with it. Whatever it is, it is. And I love you, DD. Don't stop doing what you're doing. I just, I can't. I can't. I can't. Oh my god. Uh, according to Reddit user Chahood. Are donuts shipped in frozen or pre-made? It won't make them any less delicious, but just curious. Depends on if the store has its own bakery. Most will have one and bake the donuts from frozen. That come. no baking the donuts from frozen is not baking the donuts. <laughs> it's <still> frozen. <laughs> that's thawing the donuts. No, no, like they're they're it's raw dough that's frozen. I think uh, we come in at four and open at five. We order the donuts and they're there. That makes sense. Again. Again, even this person. Then there's this person. I ordered a sour cream donut with my energy cold blue. I I'm gonna figure out where that person lives. And I'm gonna kick them in the head. I don't, what's a sour cream donut? No, I think I've had a sour uh, cream I don't know. donut. If you if you anyone out there works at Dunkin' Donuts um, and isn't in on the law team, uh, <laughs> contact us. And if you are on the law team, if you are on the law team, just do it anonymously. Uh, we will uh, give you a uh, free Give Me Five podcast T-shirt, and we'll trade it for one donut. Fair enough. That's fair. I'm excited about this episode, guys. I got to be honest with you. Then we should start it by you saying the thing where you say this is. I was going 20, to. I was going to, but so I'm I, so I'm oh, so dude, like dude. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm I'm. There's so much happening, but I will say this. This is the Gimme Five podcast. <laughs> You're damn right it is. Uh, episode 5 podcast a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things and, and donuts, donuts and delicious things like myself and, and donuts. donuts this is a side a episode which means we're going to talk about pop culture we're going to do some entertainment news i've got some interesting things coming for that um m- movies 
I'm not sure about music or books, but we have some TV shows. There's a Florida thing. And whatever else caught our eye this week. Okay? Um, as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, there's not going to be... This is another side A only week. We can't do a side B because there's so much going on. It's the holidays. And somebody's and, leaving town before correct. we film it. One of us is leaving it. town. Don't worry about who. It doesn't matter. Ma- you know, yes. Omar, the person that's leaving town is the one that always yells at us for talking about music. Just saying. You could do an entire music episode. In this we can maybe try to sneak in We can do a music back. episode. We can try. And I could talk about my love of all things ABBA. Wait, what? What are we doing? <laughs> okay, game on. Game on. Sometime, ne- sometime next week while, while he is still That gone. was a joke, but I really do love ABBA. They're, they're fantastic. I really do. They're, they're excellent. <laughs> my name, no, this, I, is, I, what, what, this is what they call the me. Uh, they call me Poor Decision Spice. <laughs> Uh, I'm joined by Slutty Spice. <laughs> That's me! And I'm Woo! also joined by Filthy Spice. As dirty as dirty can be. I actually I ordered I a drink this evening. Do things that would make a Billy Goat gag. <laughs> I ordered a drink not too many hours ago, and she asked if I wanted it dirty, and I, I literally said, just make it filthy. <laughs> Make it. And she did. She stuff. gave it to me, so Filthy what, Spice Style. What bar are you no longer allowed into? <laughs> so many. There's just so many. Um, <laughs> I want you to break it up for me. And then they, then they give you that evil eye and you're like, they're like, okay, I get it. I get it. You're looking to get arrested. That's fine. Sorry. Health and human <laughs> services won't allow us to break it up. <laughs> well, here's the deal. This week, we're going to talk about Hawkeye, which I have not seen, but I'm excited to hear about. Um, we're also going to talk about a boy called Christmas and, um, something that I am excited about, um, Hellbound on Netflix. Something that I was excited and about. not our, and are not anymore. Is that, you're not excited about it? All yeah, right, we'll pretty much. Right. Um, spoilers. Are we going to do spoilers? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some spoilers, especially when I gush about Hawkeye. There will be some spoilers. He gushes all over Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it happens, we spoil things. If people were planning on complaining, don't. We're not going to pay attention to it. So that's your spoiler. If you are concerned about any of those things, then uh, stop <laughs> listening. Come back later. <laughs> Don't, Don't stop, stop listening. listening. Just pause it. Just pause listening. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, news. Well, y'all. I saw something really cool. Um, that I'm kind of excited about this. Well, you were just looking at me on a camera for the past 15 minutes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's, but here's oh, the yeah. thing. I'm a really... I have a lot of respect for Stan Lee. Um, okay. And I did not know... Because out of the three of us, I'm I'm the least of the comic book guys, I think. Okay, fair enough. But fair. It, but yeah. ever, of course, fair. everyone who knows who Stanley is, and he's in he's got a cameo in all of the Marvel movies up until the point that he passed away. But it appears, I really think that they should replace those cameos 
with Deadpool dressed <gasps> as Stanley. Oh, that's amazing. Like, like now going forward, that's a really good idea. That's a really yes. good idea. Dread, be, Deadpool, that's cool. a fantastic idea. Oh my god, that's really good. That would be hilarious. Well, but what I didn't know is um, he has some other characters that are more like horror themed. I didn't. I I legitimately didn't know about this. But they're making some movies yep. about these other characters that are very much lesser known. So there's a whole cinematic universe that's that's it appears that's going to be released, you know, in the next whatever years, based on Stanley's. Um, in the article, it says spookier works. So there's two that are mm-hmm. like in the works now. One is called Sawbones, and one is called Carnival of Killers. Do you hmm. have either of you heard of these? Is this? No, I haven't. I, I have not. I am. In- well, I am intrigued too, and the and the reason that it got me is because you know you find a lot of nonsense on on the internet, but I found this from Nerdist. You do. You find, you know, well, you don't yeah, say. You know what I'm talking about. but I found this on the Nerdist website and, and that's a reliable source as far as the stuff goes. So, um, the first project is called Sawbones and it follows a, uh, what it says here, a frail 12 year old who reads a mysterious comic book that transport transports him into its terrifying world. Okay. Hmm. And then the second one is called Carnival of Killers. And it's set during the Dust Bowl in the 1930s, and like during the Great Depression. And it's a young girl with psychic abilities. So there's more to the article about that, but I don't want to get into it too much. But these are like very little known Stan Lee things. And and I, what what got to me was they're so different from each other because like Dust Bowl is such a unique time period in American history. Um but because it's Stan Lee and because he's got such a good reputation, like I'm very excited to see like how are these going to turn out. And I'm also surprised that y- neither of you have heard of either of these things because, because yeah, I've always been I've loved Stan Lee's Marvel okay. stuff. Uh, for a little while, he went off and did another universe like outside of Marvel, and I it wasn't not only was it not good, it wasn't very memorable. Um, he also had some like alternative media stuff. Like he had like one of those games where someone like was like a reality show kind of game where someone was going to be the next real superhero kind of thing. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. And like none of it caught my attention. It was like outside of the Marvel universe. I didn't see and uh, his actual personality. I didn't see much that caught my attention, but this totally does because I, I am a fan of horror comics. Uh, you know, in fact, one of the things I'm reading right now, it's huge, so it's why I'm saying it's one of the things I'm reading. It's uh the the Swamp Thing omnibus. It's like it's it's like the size of a book that like when you walk into a nice library and they have like that one book that's on a spinner rack <laughs> in the middle of it. Right. Like so it's it's literally too heavy to keep reading for long periods of time. But it's all horror art and it's beautiful. And um so yeah i this is cool you brought something to the table yeah i didn't I'm, know i'm really that. surprised but like i'm so excited about it like i can't wait to see it <clears throat> and i said it couldn't be done. rob i you five dollars omar <laughs> told us something interesting <laughs> oh my god usually he's quite a snooze fest <laughs> who'd have thunk <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've got another cool thing 
that I also found. This oh. is the Nerdist is like a treasure trove for me. Okay, so um, are you a fan, gentlemen, of waffles? Yeah, if, and if anyone says no, they I will are cut heathens. Them. So I assume Rob is also a fan of waffles. Are you also a fan? I'm not a friggin' Exactly. Communist. What are you, a red? Of course not. Are you also a fan of the game Tetris? Yes. It's classic, right? Sham. What if I were to combine Tetris like and Paul. waffles? How would you feel about that? You know, in, in middle school, <laughs> in middle school and early high school, when people were, you know, like, making out with the, the girls that they like. And you were filming it in the corner? Like I was home playing Tetris. Hey, you win, buddy. Take take that, cool people. Take that, football players. <laughs> wow. Hey, you know what the difference is between them and you? They peaked too early. So... That's true. And you never did. I'm, I will I'm peak waiting. in about 100 years. <clears throat> so. No, I'm pretty good at Tetris. <laughs> I peaked fine, just fine. Well, um, under the... <laughs> I'm peaking right now. <laughs> well... All this talk about Tetris and Waffles well, here's the deal. got me peaked. It's December. And the holidays are upon us, and we've got to buy gifts for, pe- for people. And we like... <laughs> Get them weird shit like Well, this. we also like Tetris... And we also like waffles. Tetris Waffle Maker turns game into a tasty puzzle. You can actually get a waffle maker that will cut the waffles for you into actual Tetris-shaped pieces. How fucking awesome is that? I'm so excited about that. That's great, but now now I'm going to want some kind of stand for my waffles, like like a Connect 4, where I can slide the Tetris pieces uh, in. Fair. But then you'll have to make like a hundred sets of these, and then like just play. I don't know. I'm just excited. So like there, there's. I have a waffle maker, and it actually has a thing on it, which makes me laugh. It's that it'll beep when it's done making the waffle, so you have perfect waffles every time. And it's called the waffle tone. And I absolutely want the Tetris waffle maker to do the dun 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 dun, dun like the the song from Tetris when it's when it's cooking the waffle, and then like then like the sound it makes when it, you have the actual Tetris. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so that would be amazing. That is great. You've possibly cost me money <laughs> and forced me to. I'm look so for getting this fucking waffle maker, dude. I'm so excited about it. You should cook every. You should cook everything on it, not just waffles. Why is Make your burger paninis. shaped like that? Don't worry about it. Your mom. <laughs> Pan- paninis, <laughs> French fries, whatever. Stupid questions and eat the waffle. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a burger. Uh, yeah, just shut, shut up, shut just the eat fuck it. up and eat it. Um, so yeah, so it's um, let's see where is it? Um, it's an officially licensed waffle. So like even on the cover, like on the 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 top of the waffle maker, it's the actual Tetris logo with like the you know whatever piece like like the T shaped piece on there, and like it, this is fantastic. Like I'm so That's fucking so cool. excited about this. Like I have to get this. Like I'm dying, I'm dying over nice. here. Um, I've got, I've got news some news me too. Or, oh wait, no, 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 no
There's not like Dr. Mario syrup? No. Or like... But I did see a Mario... <laughs> Today, somebody showed me a Mario crossover with a um, an anime character, but she didn't say who the character was. Um... There was, there was no tentacles. No, nothing like that, anything, right? sadly. But okay. it's like a $500 figure. That's like, oh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's obviously Mario with the face and the mustache, but the hair was different. And she said it was like, a, it must be an 18-inch or 24-inch tall, like, doll. That's what, that's she, what said. she said. But, um, but I did see that today, but that's not, I don't have that as new. Well, I, I do have a little bit of news. Uh, tonight, it is a record-breaking night for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Season 18? The, uh, yeah, it is uh, 15. 15. Season 15. That is the longest-running ever live-action sitcom. Hmm. Uh, Always Sunny is one of my all-time favorite shows, without a doubt. It is one of the greatest shows of all time, in uh, my opinion. Rob uh, Rob McElhaney, one of the creators of the show, said, Tonight, Sonny will become the longest-running live-action sitcom in TV history. What is wrong <laughs> with you people? <laughs> <clears throat> so, congratulations. Love it. Those guys. those guys are the best, uh, and they're, they're geniuses, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm so happy for them. I'm so behind. I'm still, like, I'm definitely on, like episodes or season six or seven i have a lot of i have a lot of stuff to catch up on they had to make a bunch of specifications to make them number one it's such a good show the the live action sitcom portion well it's it's not the longest running sitcom it's not the longest running um it's not the longest running show i think uh both of those belong to the simpsons don't they simpsons simpsons came out when we were Like 12, 11 years Since old? Since it's longest running show. Well, the longest running show, if you want to to really get into it, I think it's 60 Minutes. 60 Is it 60 yeah. Minutes or General Hospital? Is it General Hospital still around? I thought it was. It is. I But I think 60 Minutes. Because that's what minutes. people don't realize is some of those soap operas have been around since like, been the running fucking, like early 60s, for, literally. Like they've been around yeah. for so long that it's shocking. But I know The Simpsons started in, I want to say, 89. Damn, though. The the uh, record, it's beating The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. So that's from the 50s, what, uh, right? Always Sunny's beat, beats Ozzy and Harriet? No, is that, it's, yeah, it's, that's what it's surpassing. Wow. That's so crazy. And that show is so fucking good, man. Just, that show blows my mind, honestly. And so I'm very surprised that those people aren't from Florida. <laughs> hint, hint. Well, uh, let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever been into a Walmart? Just like step foot in a Walmart uh, at any point in your lives? For the most part, I mean, part, just yeah, at least I mean, once, right? I have. It's no, not my proudest moment. You've been moment, there, right? But you, you, you're aware that it exists. Yeah. Have you ever walked into a Walmart? And then just stayed, and then pretended that you worked there <laughs> for for many hours at a time. Have you ever done that? No, but I feel like if I did, I would probably provide better service than some well, of the people that do work there. Since we live in Florida and we're we live in bizarro world, um, 
A Florida man posed as a Walmart employee <laughs> and kept $2,000 in cash after a four-hour shift. <laughs> you know you have too many wow. employees when you don't realize that one of them you never hired. <laughs> so, so an unidentified flu caught the attention Damn. of social media. Did, did he, this, a man did he purpose, purportedly pulled off a scheme that yielded a sizable, did... ill-gotten paycheck. So he took $2,000 in cash... After pretending to be a, an employee for four hours, um, he he stole Walmart Walmart clothes and secretly worked as a cashier. He kept all the cash and made two grand in four hours. Now I'm thinking I made a career choice that was very poor because I don't make two thousand dollars in four hours. Um, A post yeah, that no shows a young man's mugshot received more than 400 shares and 1,700 you know, reactions or whatever in less than a, a day. Um, this is one of those things where it's like one of those fact-checking things. Like a TikTok song um, that it makes says them into a fact-check is hero. no evidence is... Except it, wait, the, the article says no, he did There's no evidence yeah. that this actually happened. But... Um, I, I couldn't help but bring it up because it's such a Florida man story that I I fell for it as soon as I saw it. And it just it just made me laugh. Like I just fucking I just thought this is such a Florida thing that Well if if I just presented it that way, would anybody have really doubted me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Would anybody have said, No, I don't buy that. It's such it's just such a Florida story. It was a and faux Florida story holidays when people <gasps> are buying so much shit. But um that's my Florida story. I couldn't help it. I, I know it's not a, a it it's not proven to be a hundred percent real, but it just it, the fucking story just cracked me. So, you know, sue me. Sorry, but in your heart, it is. So, so I did look it up. If you're curious, do you have any guesses as to what the longest running show is? It is not The Simpsons. I would guess like a soap opera. Soap opera is three and four. What? Yes, number three was um, Guiding Light, and number four is Days of Our Lives. <laughs> what about General Hospital? Yeah. Sixty Minutes has got to be in there, right? It is not. Yeah. Running at sixty-two seasons. What is the Tonight Show? Really, makes sense. And number one is at 69 seasons. It's been running nice. since November 6th. <laughs> ah, giggity. It's been running since November 6th, 1947, and that's Meet the Press. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, 1947. Wow. Mm-hmm. Show's god-awful. Meet the Press. No shit. Fucking Chuck, fuck you, Chuck Todd. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Wow, really? 1947. Okay. All right. I literally farted as I said the word Chuck Todd, and you couldn't tell the difference. That's how awful he is. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, where can people hear about our wonderful conversations before we actually do the show? Patrons can hear all about this stuff because we talk about this stuff in our patron-only chat room. And it's fun. And there's uh, snarkiness and new movies and trailers Snark. and 
and beautiful women oh, dressed there as is butterflies. Right? There's a be- there's beautiful women dressed as butterflies. That's and, true. And there are like occasionally a Thanks, dude covered Greg. in, in I head that, wounds buddy. and blood and stuff. <laughs> like that all is none of that is me goofing off. Uh, but anyway, you can become a patron of the show and it helps us keep the show afloat. Because it pays for server space. It pays for website space. Literally, just last week, it paid for website space. There it is. There's uh, pictures of mine and Greg's hobbies. There is. There is. That is true. It's, which is not as dirty as you think. It's actually toy like... collecting. Yeah, like <laughs> collecting action figures and toys. Like is toy collecting a euphemism? Wait, what kind of toys? Mm. Mm. Superhero toys and G.I. Joe toys. Okay, now I'm really turned on. Uh, Legos, but I don't send all of the pictures of Legos to the chat room because that's all I would be doing is sending pictures of Legos to the chat room. Lego porn. Legos are awesome. I'm not gonna. Yeah. No bullshit. Yeah. So, uh, except when you step on them in the middle uh, of the night. Fair. He's into that. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Give Me Five Podcast. There are other levels. We thank all of our patrons, including one we're going to hear from later. Our patron we of unusual size. Guys. Who, who has some interesting quotes to tell mm. us. Our patrons are cool as shit, like for real. They're they're just awesome people. Like I hopefully I'm hoping I see one of them um in the next twenty four to forty eight hours. I'm I'm thankful for them. Oh my god, they're the best. And this is after Thanksgiving, but I am. Yes. Yeah. As okay. am I. Yeah. So let's uh talk about stuff. Things. Let's talk about stuff. What were we going to talk about first? What were you guys? You were I guess talk? my movie's going first. Okay. Okay. I had an opportunity to watch A Boy Called Christmas on Netflix. Have either of you seen that? No, I haven't heard, heard of it. about no. it. It was pretty good, actually. Um, It was released on November 24th of this year. It's directed by Gil Kanan. Keenan? Kanan? Keenan. I'll go, I'll go with Kanan. Fair enough. <laughs> stars stars Maggie Smith, Isabella O'Sullivan, Joel Fry, Eden Lawrence, Aomid Garrick, Henry Lawful, Michael Huseman, Jim Broadbent, proving that Harry Potter actors still come in groups, Kristen Wiig, Stephen Merchant, Indica Watson, Toby Jones, case in point, Sally Hawkins. By the way, do you know who those character who those actors were? Well, I know who Maggie Smith is. I know yeah, Kristen, Maggie Kirsten Smith Wig and Stephen Merchant. Well, Maggie Smith was McGonagall, Jim Broadbent was Professor Slughorn, and Toby Jones was Dobby. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. The voice of Dobby. Yeah. Yes. Because cool. Toby Jones is strange looking, but he's not quite an elf. <laughs> yes. And so the synopsis is, in this origin story of Father Christmas, an ordinary boy with a loyal pet mouse and a reindeer at his side sets out on an extraordinary adventure to find his father, who is on a quest to discover the fabled village of Elfhelm. And it's set in Finland, I believe. Um, and, I mean, this was... This was a really solid story. It had great pacing and narrative. Um, they did do that interruption thing. So, the way the story is set up is a aunt comes into a household of her brother-in-law and her nieces and nephews um, well that's and, why they need to get it working working just 1999 for your first oh sorry I, we have a new sponsor it's working because <laughs> there's an wow. ant wow 
Okay. Um, but it's it's the typical story where one of the one of the parents has passed away, and you know th- th- that's how like all of these emotional Christmas movies go. Uh, Orkin is par- not responsible for the life of your parents. Sorry. Well, there you go. One of the parents has passed away, and dad has to rush off to the office, so he's asked the aunt to come watch the kids. And to get the kids ready for bed, she sits them down and tells them a, tells them a story, you know, like Princess Bride style. And, you know, they did the interruption thing. It, it seemed a little forced at points, and, it, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was okay. Um, and one of the things that it did manage to do was it kept bringing you back to the family that was listening to the story. And it works because it keeps you connected to the original family as opposed to, you know, being at the end being like, well, who who the hell are these people again? But it keeps you connected to them, which sets up the big emotional punch at the end of the movie, which was very well delivered. Um, the movie itself is really heartfelt and emotional. Uh, it's still it's still a fun and adventure type movie, but it does have those moments where you get the feels. And overall, it's very well written. It, it is based on a book by Matt Haig, and the the screen adaptation is fantastic. I, although, admittedly, I haven't read the book, so I don't really have any comparison for it. But I do know that what I saw on the screen was was very good. The acting was great. Um, there was one or two characters that I wasn't that I wasn't really feeling. Um, the Truth Pixie, while I feel like she was well acted. It, it just seemed a little bit out of place, but it really wasn't too much of a detractor. Truth pixie. Um, yeah, there there was a truth pixie. Interesting. Um, basically, she tells the story of the origin of Father Christmas. So it starts off with him as a boy, and his father and his mother has passed away, and the kingdom is suffering this this downturn. Everybody's kind of depressed and everything, and the king of I guess Finland wants his people to go out into the world and find something to restore hope to the kingdom. And the group of guys get together, the kid's father being being one of them, and they all go on this on this trek to Elf Elfhelm. I keep wanting to call. They come it back Elfheim. and they're like, "I have restored hope. This is something called methamphetamine." <laughs> yeah. Well, they go to Elfhelm, and it you you find out later what happened, but it wasn't it wasn't a great idea. And their idea turned out to be really terrible. And the movie was about Nicholas trying to correct their actions. And then, of course, founding the first Christmas and the idea that he had and how he got the quote unquote job as Father Christmas. But then he, you know, the elves kind of adopted him and he he had like some kind of magic uh, that I guess wore off on him or something. But. The the movie was really sweet, really heartfelt. The the talking mouse played by Stephen Merchant was was pretty funny. He had some great lines. The um and dealing with the range of emotions where where humans have so much capacity to love and help others, but then also the ability to tear each other down and just be absolutely horrible. And you you see all of that, and you see the the emotional redemption of his father, and then there's another really sad scene with his father, and um, and you know they have this nice little first Christmas montage, and then the the big emotional ending at the end of the story with the actual family from the original. I I I really liked this movie. 
Um, this is one that I actually would recommend checking it out if you enjoy Christmas movies. If you're looking for something to watch with the family that the that the kids can can get into. I mean, keep in mind it is a little sad. It does involve some dead parents and whatnot, a la Batman and Bambi and all that other stuff that we were traumatized with as kids. Um, if if that's okay for your kids, I mean, you can be the judge of that. I would absolutely recommend watching this. It's a it's a really solid movie, and it it's got a really great story to it. I liked it a lot. It sounds like a good holiday movie for like your family, right? Is that it? It really is. It really is. I might do that I, with my kids. I would definitely recommend this one. Um, Christmas Chronicles is another one that we've recommended a lot. I always watch uh, Christmas Story every year. At Christmas, oh yeah, we've already done. We did it on hours, but my girls and I did Elf and Christmas Story on Thanksgiving Day because you have to. <laughs> okay, but this one this sounds really good. Actually, it sounds really like a really cool movie. It it actually is. It, it was it was really enjoyable. Is this Netflix? It is. Right on. Okay, and it's called A Boy Called Christmas. Uh, I think we're we're gonna go the opposite direction now. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way From opposite. A boy called Christmas to Hellbound. <laughs> <laughs> um. So who watched Hellbound? I I watched. I it. did. You watched it too. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Um. I I didn't like it and I texted you during yeah. while I was I've watched the entire series now the entire oh, okay, season the one. Um and I texted you while I was watching it because I'm like I swear to god if they kill this infant I'm out. Cor- I'm not I'm not doing this. And anymore. I agree with you. So go ahead and give us some of the background. Uh, um do you have the uh info? Yeah. Yeah, I have some info on it. Um, so Go for it. It's a Korean film. It's a South Korean film. It came out... Um, series. A series, rather. I'm sorry. It's not a film. It's uh, six episodes. It just came out like... It's it's fresh. It's fresh as a daisy. It came out like a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, it stars Yu Ahen... It's, it's a lot of Korean names that I'm not... Being that guy, I just let's I, have I, Greg do the names. I can't, I can't pronounce the names, but um, yeah, Greg, you want to do it? Um, uh, now I gotta scroll. <laughs> Kim Hyun Jo, Jo Jong Min Park, Jong Min Park, uh, Jin Gina Awan, Awan Ik Jun Yang, yeah. Do Yoon Kim, um, Shin Rock Kim. So, uh, there's the names go on and on, but it's all Korean actors. It was directed by the same person that did. Um, have you guys seen the movie Train to Busan? Yes, that's a fantastic zombie movie. Like it was an amazing movie. Well, the same director really? did this show. Um, the The basic idea is that um, people are sent to hell. This is the synopsis: people are sent to hell in broad daylight. In this vicious drama from Train to Busan director um, Yon Sang Ho, one that grapples with the danger of weaponized beliefs, and this is what really attracted me to this immediately: the dangers of weaponized beliefs, 
Watching people grapple with the inexplicable will always be a solid building block for a TV show. The first, one of the, my first impressions about this show, like in the first episode or two, was I thought it was a metaphor for cancel culture. And it doesn't turn out to be that completely. And I'm not trying to get political because I'm not that guy. But but it was so interesting when these um, images started appearing, and this is in the show, the images start appearing of these creatures that drag that t- like so it's kind of like um uh the ring thing where this you know like in the ring like something appears and it says you have seven days before you die or whatever mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. here this thing appears to you and it says it says your name and it says you will be uh taken to hell and it gives you a time frame and everybody's time frame is different that's the premise of the of the whole show. And of course, once this becomes public, there's all these like sort of cultish things that happen uh, with these different groups. And it it sort of became a to, like like I said, it became a metaphor for like cancel culture because like people who didn't believe in it or people who weren't as um uh, fanatic about it were being were being like cast aside almost like in society like early early on in the show and the show is very distinct to me because I, the the part that you were talking about Rob with the baby that's mm-hmm. not till episode four it's a six episode thing the first three episodes mm-hmm. it's almost like the first three episodes and the second three episodes are like two different seasons. They're not. It's the same well, season. There's there's a spot where it's like four years later. There's a time jump. There the is a world. time jump, but it's but it's all done in one so called quote unquote season of the show. Right. But um and so like the first three episodes have a different almost like a different tone than the second three episodes, like with the time jump and stuff. But I liked it because I I thought it was very well done and it was very interesting and the thing that you were saying with the baby became mm-hmm. sort of the um the theme I guess you could say for the second three episodes and I was the mm-hmm. same as you I kept thinking how the fuck are they going to do this and have this baby as the central focus of 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 the second half of the season and not turn people off because it's brutal. Like the way that these mm-hmm. things. So like I'm not giving anything away when I say that like this thing appears to you and it says at at 9 p.m. three days from now you're going you're going to hell. You are bound. You're bound for hell, right? That's why it's called hellbound, right? So correct. Mm-hmm. So at 9 p.m. three days later, these three ash smoke demon things appear out of nowhere. And they take you to hell. But before they take you to hell, they, like, are brutal. They, like, brutally, like, attack they you. They beat the fuck out of you. Yeah. So then they show... So so this whole, like, religious thing builds around this. And then in that second three episodes, the, the second set of three episodes, like episodes four, five, and six, one of the... Th- and this isn't... This is also not really a spoiler. But, like, one of the things... uh, One of the people that... that 
becomes a, um, I'll use the word victim, I guess, is this little baby who's like literally just days old. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, you're looking at it going, what the fuck? Like, how is it that you're going to hell as a sinner if you're like literally days old in a hospital? And that becomes right. the whole theme of the second part of the show. And it's, that baby knows what it did. It, <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's very well, but it's good. But I agree with you that it's like it's hard to watch. Well, here's here's the problem that I had with the show. Looking at the show, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be an interesting supernatural thing where they're trying to figure out what is going on and what is happening and how, you know, j it kind of like trying to figure out what it is. And that is not at no, all not what, what this show is about. I agree with you. This show is about organized religion and the the corruption and the evilness of it, evilness. Is that is that a right word? No. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, it, the corruption and evilness of of fanaticism. Correct. And it it's like I I don't. N need that i see that on a daily basis that's not <laughs> that is not anything new i i don't i want to see i want to see more of the smoke beasts and i want to see people fighting the smoke beasts and not just dying i mean because essentially it was like it's kind of like gore porn it almost in an extent um oh it's almost like yeah this isn't for me then you just said the term gore porn mm-hmm I'm like maybe this is for me. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, it, and I mean, maybe it's what they were going for, but it was just so infuriating listening to these fucking hypocrites and the people who are going out and killing people and claiming other people are sinners and beating While people up and doing all it. Yeah, and I'm yes. like, this is. Oh, it's so irritating. It just it just made me angry, and I barely made it through the series. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. This is, I, I am, I'm literally hating every minute of this show. But but even one of the central characters early on is revealed to be like his motives and and his 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 yeah the his, the chairman of the new of the new truth organization his purity is bullshit is condemned to die and they cover <laughs> it up yep yep they cover it up like it never and happened at one point and it's like when they when the baby people comes think up, he's yeah. he's retired and vacationing somewhere and at one point when the baby thing comes up they they talk about how to spin it like how are how and are we going to so, spin this so that people don't question uh, don't spin a baby when bad idea. <laughs> well, how do we spin this don't so that people either. don't um question what we're doing but that's but like the first part of it like that's why i said like the first two episodes i almost thought like this is like a cancel culture thing because anybody who went against them was mobbed mobbed and they were beat up publicly I mean, people... Uh, yeah, people attacked him with bats and yeah. shit, and yeah. it, it was yeah, it was a very it's it's an it's a testament to mob mentality and fanaticism. Exactly, and that's exactly what. And it all of that shit just irritated the crap out of me, and I could I, I but there didn't want to watch it, but I knew that you were doing it, so I went ahead and and well, there it, was two. I did, I did not like it. There was two interesting twists. Well, there was a bunch of twists. 
but toward the end is this going to is this going to spoil i'm not going to spoil one of them i'll spoil ish one of them i won't i will i will spoil the fact because if anybody else is in the same is in the same boat because i looked it up because i'm like i am not going to watch them kill this fucking baby they do not kill the baby they do not no that's that's i guess kind of a spoiler but then they don't the baby doesn't get harmed but um i had to look it up because i was going to be mad if they made me watch that and i'm like no i'm not doing it i'm looking it up they do not they don't. kill no, no, no. the baby it doesn't it doesn't happen um and it's it's kind of surprising like they do it in a that scene is done in a very it's it's done in an interesting way but an early character pops up at the end that mm-hmm. you know you don't see coming so that's a little bit of a spoiler but even more importantly the very last fucking thing that you see is basically the cliffhanger for season 2 and it's a major spoiler. It's like, wow, what the fuck is going on now? Because I was like on your page with it. Like uh, toward the end of it, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm done. Like this is like, this is exhausting. And then the very, 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 very last thing that you see. And it wasn't a post credit thing, but it might as well have been. Mm-hmm. Um, was like, oh shit, really? I'm curious to know. Um, I'm not going to watch it, but if you tell me, um, once season two comes out, I may go back and check it out because it's possible that they're setting it up for season two to be more like what I was looking for from season one, less of the religious corruption and fanaticism and mayhem and more of the supernatural. Okay. What the fuck is going on? We need to figure this shit. I think that's, did you stay all the way to the very, 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 very end? I did. Do you know what I'm talking about with the girl? Yeah, I do. So that negates everything that we've seen. And it makes sense when you throw in like the mystery of like the baby aspect of it. And now you're like, oh, okay. And if season two is is less supernatural mystery figuring out what's going on and more of the new truth just trying to cover their tracks and, and keep their grip on... On the populace, I I am not. You're not interested. It, it, I, it was irritating as fuck to get through the six episodes. We, we we have to continue. So Omar says, "See it." I say, "Don't." I say, "I say, give it a give it an episode or two and see what. See if you can stomach it." <laughs> Is that fair? Well, I, I'm going to start talking about Hawkeye now. Hawkeye time. Talk about Hawkeye because I'm excited, I'm excited about. Hawkeye. Me too. Uh, Hawkeye is up to three episodes. It is on Disney+. Plus. It stars Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld, Tony Dalton, Vera Farmiga, Linda Cardellini, and uh, uh, yeah. And it is, of course, the tale of Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, who is a new character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but not new character to the comic people. Uh, love everything about this 100%. Yeah. I've watched every episode twice already. At least not well. There's only three episodes out, but I've watched them all twice. I've watched, I watched them, you know, by myself late at night, and then I was like, yeah, my wife needs to see this, and we ended up watching them again, like the next day. Uh, this is based on a Hawkeye comic by a guy named Matt Fraction, who's a very kind of unique writer and takes characters in very different 
uh, more character study directions. He does some big stories too, but it's all based in character study. Did you say Matt Fraction? The whole, like Matt Fraction? Matt, Matt Fraction, yeah. That's a great he's a name. he's a he's a comic writer. Um, in fact, I have not actually read the full series of Hawkeye um, by him. It's like a twenty-two issue maxi series or something, uh, and I'm going to start as soon as possible. It basically is telling the tale of the the regular guy Avenger. Because all the other Avengers are like, you know, Tony Stark when he's not being Avenger. Well, rest in peace. But, you know, he was inventing stuff and being a billionaire. You know, mm-hmm. the Hulk was trying not to murder people as a green Goliath. <laughs> Captain America was just walking around having a fabulous ass. Um, America's, <laughs> America's ass. America's ass. Yeah. <laughs> but Hawkeye was essentially a, a retired military guy. You know, living on a farm and and like living with family. family. and. Mm-hmm. And so this story, basically, he comes to New York to bring his family to uh, a live, a musical, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, a musical about the whole Avengers thing, like the attack on the Avengers and all that. And you can see his, the re, like you mentioned, the fact that like the song goes away very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because he sees uh, 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 Black Widow. Like the character, someone playing the Black Widow on the stage, right? And he turns off his hearing aid. You're like, Hawkeye's been deaf this whole time, Wait, and really? I, I totally forgot it was in the it's in the comics in the '80s. He had a sonic villain that was able to control minds. So instead of letting his mind be controlled, he bit down on one of his sonic arrows and blew out his own ears. In the '80s, and for the longest time, he was a deaf character, and I totally forgot about Holy it. Holy shit! I didn't mm. know that. So they play that up, and there's a lot about him being being deaf and wearing hearing aids. And they're like, oh, you're hard of hearing? He's, yeah, they're like, why? And they do all these, like, cuts of him, like, getting punched in the head by Thanos, smashed through, like, a window, like, all these scenes from the movies of him, like, with explosions next to him and stuff. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's why he's deaf. So it's very interesting. So he goes to, he goes to New York. Um, they also start off the whole show with the do you remember there's the um in the Avengers movie there's the one time where Hawkeye jumps backwards off a building in like the final alien fight and launches that one arrow that disintegrates one of the aliens like little flying things as it's flying towards the building mm-hmm. they use that scene and it turns out that he rescued a little girl that little girl loves Hawkeye and de- decides to become an archer as a result that's Kate Bishop, obviously. Nice. So goes to New York, and it's it's just so like the family parts is because you know, his kids are there, and he has to do that thing where he's like, "I got to take care of something." Uh, there's the basic plot of it is the Ronin story from Endgame, where he was going around as Ronin, and now you know he's a family guy, but he was also brutally murder murdering criminals, mm-hmm. and they they look at him as like a, a boogeyman. So some of the Baba sword, Yaga. yeah, yeah. So the sword and the uh, costume resurface, and he has to, like, he's trying to get rid of it because it's putting people in danger. And it's funny because they do a lot of twist things where, like, you're kind of following this the Kate Bishop character, and she's being hunted down by Hawkeye, and you kind of forget, oh, Hawkeye's a good guy because you're you're so closely following Kate Bishop, and he gets her, and it's like, and he says okay just give me the costume and this is all over please like 
And it's like, oh, you're not really used to that because you kind of forget that they're both technically good guys. You're used to the big fight sequence and then, you know, them backstabbing each other or something like that. But it's very – you really see the soul of the character of Hawkeye. You really see the uh, – you know, he's not – he can be annoyed at stuff, but he's not overly snarky. It's great. Uh, it's, of course, set at Christmas time. Uh, it's a six-issue – or six-episode – thing i think it ends right around christmas and that's kind of the point of the show because he's trying to get done with all of his stuff to be home for his family which i really like and favorite character pizza dog is in it <laughs> pizza dog <laughs> yeah. lucky the pizza dog which is from is from the comic it's a dog of course from the streets of new york that eats pizza and that kate bishop has rescued uh, and uh it's there uh there are some if i had to pick something i hate there's uh, two moments of uh ill-advised facial hair uh, one in the flashback to 2012 there is a goatee that makes me believe that someone is not a good character even though he's probably isn't a bad guy but based uh, on the goatee also, he looks like a bad guy yeah like just it's just a little too bushy okay it's just it's a little too uh yeah i don't know i was but he's he's okay uh and then there's a mustache that is uh extraordinarily long in it make someone seem like a bad guy and maybe they are maybe they're not i don't know they are <laughs> they're a bad guy. it's a very long mustache like doesn't quite have the curls at the end no, but not a handlebar yeah it, but it, it wants to be it's, it's trying hard ridiculous Th- think think Geraldo. Okay. Yeah. Geraldo, but like with more round facial features so it's like much longer yeah bad facialer but I, that's if i have to pick something that annoys me uh the character of Kate Bishop is awesome. The actress is uh, Haley Steinfeld. Uh, she, not related to Jerry Seinfeld, but she was in True Grit, the remake. Uh, most recently, what did I say she was most recently in? Oh, she was the the girl in Bumblebee. Oh my God, she's character. amazing. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Uh, Bumblebee this. was and so great. That 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 girl was awesome. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is, there are a couple sequences that let you know about her. Uh, she is spoiled. I'm not gonna say spoiled little rich girl, but she is rich girl, never wanted for every for anything. It's like a Bruce Wayne kind of character. Mm-hmm. And there's the, her mom is Vera Farmiga, who's also a fantastic actress. Yeah, she's good. And she's like the mom like realizes she did something wrong at a certain point, and it's like, uh, you know, look, you've you're you're young and you're rich, and both of those both of those people. You're young. Young people think they're invincible, and rich people think they're invincible, and you're both of those. <laughs> but let me tell you, I'm old enough to realize you're not invincible. Wow. <laughs> and it was just—it's just a—it's just, just a really well crafted line, just based on what happened. It's, and especially that's like early in the show, and you're like, "Oh, she is going to be get herself in trouble because she mm. kind of thinks that she can do anything," and just kind of wink her way out of it. Um, she thinks but she's she, Superman. Yeah, but she's just a—she's a very well written character, and. Even in three episodes in, she's already learning from Hawkeye, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love the fact that it's not like one of those situ- – so far, it's not one of those situations where it's like – it's it's definitely a mentor situation, not a – are they going to fall in love? Because he's very clear, like, look, I'm teaching you stuff so you don't die, but get the hell away from me. <laughs> mm. So Interesting. It's, it's good. Uh, you know, it's a Disney Plus thing. Everyone's going to watch it eventually anyway, so do reviews matter? I don't know. But – um, this is back to the early, I mean, 
honestly, most of the Disney Plus stuff I always seem to watch twice. Just the way, because they come out late at night and I'm still up. And I can't wait. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I think almost all of the Disney Plus stuff, I just cannot wait till the next episode comes out. Yeah, usually they're really good. Yeah. And they're really good at the cliffhangers. So, uh, Also introducing a new character. or It's a character from Daredevil, actually, named Echo. Uh, the actress that is playing her is not even an actress. She's a um, an actual uh, deaf, uh, I guess, is it indigenous American? I don't know. Uh, Native, Native American? American. I don't I don't know what, what we're... I'm not trying to be... I don't know what you're supposed to call people, but basically she she was... The, the girl that plays her is actually deaf and actually an amputee. And the casting call called for a Native American who is deaf and an amputee. Yeah. Really? Well, and her friends are like, "Did you see this?" Yeah, her friends like said, "Like, and she's really good. Like, like she does a lot of you know act acting with her face, like just not talking and just like, and she's for like a first time actress, she's awesome. So, and she's getting her own show at some point as well. That's really cool. So, I'm very interested to see how that turns out. Hmm. So, okay, uh, watch this." And if you don't like it, then you're dead to me. <laughs> All right, then. And if there's ever any, if you're ever anywhere and you see any Pizza Dog merchandise, buy it for me or else or you're else dead. Or else you are also. Yes. Yeah. It is a one-eyed golden retriever that eats pizza. <laughs> Waiting for the, like, Groot and Rocket Raccoon Pizza Dog crossover. You're dead to me. <laughs> so, that's all I got to say about that. Okay. Excellent. Well, I think that wraps us up for this week, doesn't it? Well, you did say something about a really good line in the movie, in that show. I, I, I did, I, and I was saying that wraps us up, which brings us to this week's Give Me Five question of the week. Because, once again, there is no side B. We apologize, guys. We will get back to it uh, once we get through the holiday season, more than likely. Um, but... There was a there was a line in A Boy Called Christmas that kind of struck me. And I realized that every now and then I come across lines in movies that really resonate with me, whether it be for their comedic value or their poignance or just their delivery. Um, and I was wondering if anybody else had those lines. So today's question is, what are five lines that have really five lines from movies or TV or whatever that have really resonated with you? Because I know everybody's got to have at least one. This one I was very torn on, and I spent probably more time on this question than most questions. So I'm not honestly being – I'm not being a jackass here because I, I – Well, from, intentionally. You're just yeah. always a jackass. Because yeah. <laughs> I have – like even when people are like, well, what's your favorite character? Like I don't know what my favorite character is. Iron Man. Like it was when I was a kid, but I don't know. Maybe. Like I like Iron Man. But I just think the armor's cool. But, but Why let's don't be honest. Like, yeah. Uh so it's it was very hard for me to pick like there are movie there are lines in movies I think are funny and lines that I think are awesome and badass and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But internalized, I'm still like, you know, oh the line right after that doesn't refer to me or something like that. So i I did my best, but I probably there's a lot that I left out. In fact, I think if I had a year to think about this it would probably be a completely different list, possibly. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But my, it's a very personal list, so there are no wrong answers. Like even like some of them, I'm like, 
I'm not that moody on some of these. Like, for example, the mm -hmm. first one is from The Lion King. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, the past can hurt, but you can either run from it or learn from it, which is Rafiki. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like I have a dark origin story, you know? Except you for that, you, well, except for that time that, that my uncle pushed my father into a herd of wildebeest. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so that would be my number five. Uh, this one, again, it's just something that always stuck out just in, in terms of parenting. Uh, that is, mother is the name for God on the lips and hearts of all the little or of, uh, lips and hearts of little children, which is from the crow, which, again, not a mother. Okay. And the line after that is, morphine is bad for you, but the first part. Okay. So that would be uh, five, four. Uh, three... Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once yeah. in a while, you can miss it. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solid. Um, now, the one that I wasn't going to put on there, but because I was, it, it was a TV show, and if right. I knew that, it would have been a lot more TV shows, uh, from True Detective. Oh, good show. If the, And this is going to go back to our uh, our zealot thing. Uh, if the only thing keeping a person decent is the experience, eh, bleh, is the ex expectation of a divine reward, then brother, that person is a piece of shit, and I'd like to get as many of them out in the open as possible. That's season one, right? All right. That's in the in the tent, like when they're standing in the back of the the preacher's tent. Yeah. In season one, uh, which is the only really good season. It was a great season. So that'd be uh, number two, but number one is from Clerks. Ooh. When Dante Hicks says, but you hate people. And Randall Graves says, yes, but I love gatherings. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, That's good. Wow. That's heavy yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. So that was, I think of that at every concert that I go to when I just put my hoodie over my head and want to watch the music and I'm dealing with like someone throwing up next to me or someone like, you know, arguing with their girlfriend or talking on the phone. You know, I'm like, ah, I love gatherings. Hate all of you people. <laughs> Go away from me. Yeah. Omar, what about you? Um, as soon as this question came up, my number one would not change. But like Greg said, if you gave me, you know, a year, the rest of them mm -hmm. might be completely different. But the, my number one is not going to change. Like this popped into my brain absolutely immediately. Um, and then, um, like, very soon after, my number two, I, I had to look up the specific wording because it's very precise for what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, that one also, I guess, now that I think about it, wouldn't change. But I've got, like, a bunch here. I really have to just pick which ones. And each one is chosen for a specific, you know, for a reason. Some are just funny, some are poignant, whatever. You know what I mean? But, like, um, my, I'm going to go with number five. I'm going to go with um, from Apocalypse Now. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Okay. Because it's just such a great line. And if you see the movie and you see how it's delivered and how Robert Duvall does. And I met him in person, so that kind of, like, it's a thing for me. But... Um, if you see how he delivers it, and like in the context of the movie, it's just such a heavy moment. Um, number four for me, this is another one that has been on sort of in my brain for decades. And I'm a Guns N' Roses fan, and I'm also a fan of the movie Cool Hand Luke, but 
It's what we've got here is failure to communicate, mm-hmm. which is just that line just blows my mind. Like it always just kills me. Um, number three, uh, I think because of the, if you were alive in the eighties, you've seen back to the future. And I know this isn't such a heavy thing, but it's just, for some reason, it just is, it's stuck in my mind for the last whatever decades. It's um, at the end of the first step, first uh, Back to the Future, um, Doc says, Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Where we're going, we don't. Exactly. And it's just so, and then the car just like transforms into this flying thing, and you're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, what? And I don't know why, it's just such a great line. Um, number two comes actually comes from Rick and Morty, hmm. and the, one of the episodes, um, Rick and uh, really the rest of the family, they go to this planet, but the planet is like one person called Unity, and Unity like assimilates people and like other planets. Mm-hmm. And you find out that Unity was like a uh, a former like lover of Rick's, even though she's a planet and he's a human, which mm-hmm. sounds ridiculous. But if you see the show, like it makes sense. And at the end, they sort of like break up again. And this, she says she he goes and does this thing, and she like kind of like disappears while he's not looking. And there's this voiceover, and it says that um. I'm sure there's no perfect version of me. I'm sure I will just unify species after species and never really be complete. But I know how it goes with us. I lose who I am and I become part of you. Because in a strange way, you're better at what I do without even trying. And I don't know why, but every time I hear that, it just breaks me in half. Because it's mm. it's so... It's very specific to that show and to like the scene and it's kind of mm-hmm. silly. But if you think about it like as a breakup line, it's just it's devastating to me. And and I and and yeah. and and where I'm in my life right now, it's very like apropos to me. But number 1, the very first thing I thought of when this question was even proposed is actually from Matrix. Um Okay. You can't see past the choices you don't understand. And I remember that was right. in the Matrix 2. It's it's in the scene right before he fights like you know, uh he's like on a basketball court or something like in New York and he fights a bunch of uh, Agent Smiths. Mm-hmm. Like right before that he's talking to the um the uh the Oracle. Right, and she and she says, you know, he's he's trying to interpret his dream because at the beginning of the Matrix Two, he's like, there's this dream where Trinity is dying, and she says, you can't see past the choices you don't understand. And I remember the first few times I heard that, I didn't even understand what the fuck it meant until my mind really like absorbed it, and I thought, mm-hmm. now that I understand it, that makes so much sense to me. It hit me like a ton of bricks when I when I when I finally like really understood what it meant. And 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 that's why this question to me is so good, because the, because of that line, you can't see past the choices that you don't understand, and that's true. When I try to think ahead in my world, in my own life, I can't. Once I get to a certain point, and I don't understand the choice that I have to make, I I can't. 
I can't fathom what's going on, what what happens beyond that because I don't get it. I don't know. I don't understand right. it yet. So anyway, that's my that's my top five. Nice. Yeah. Great. Nice. Did we have a uh, any lists come in? We did. I'm trying to get that so it doesn't uh, screw up like it always does. Because then you guys like make comments about it screwing up, and, mm-hmm. and we talk about you behind your back. It's, <laughs> it's a thing. I hate you. Hey, give me five podcasts. It's Alec. Top uh, five favorite lines. I had a couple of honorable mentions. One was from Anchorman, and yeah, Will Ferrell says, "Boy, that escalated quickly." I think I use that quite a bit. And then another one is kind of obscure. It's from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, Steve Martin punches John Candy in the stomach, and later on. In the movie, he uh, said you shouldn't put somebody in the gut. That's how Houdini died, you know. I don't know. It just sounds funny when he says it. Here's my top five. Uh, number five is Why So Serious in The Dark Knight. Number four is uh, the, the De Niro line in Heat when he says, uh, you know, when the heat comes around the corner, he will not hesitate. You know, never leave anything. Never have anything. You can't leave in under 10 seconds. The heat comes around the corner. It's a long line. I didn't do the best, do it best justice there, but. It's a great scene and a great line. Uh, number three is from Dumb and Dumber. I think it's an amazing uh, line. Uh, and the cop says, pull over. And uh, Harry, played by Jeff Daniels, says, no, it's a card again, but thanks for asking. Number two is from Trading Places, Eddie Murphy yelling, Merry New Year. I think I say that to everybody around this time of year. And then number one, you had to know this was coming. We're going to need a bigger boat from Jaws. Yep. <laughs> if you like, uh, enjoy. Thanks. Bye. I think Alec is my my brother from another mother because I I actually had Why So Serious on there as well, but it got bumped. But nice. he always does uh, the best fives. Like he's so good. Am I wrong? Like he kills no, it. No, you're not. And and a Merry New Year to him. Merry New Year. As well. <laughs> Merry New Year. Thank you. That was Alec, by the way. I don't think I said that at the beginning. I was too busy bitching about you two to, to say Alec. <laughs> Our patron of unusual size, who is better than you two in every way possible. Agreed, but but and you. let's but let's hear your list, Rob. All right. Well, I'm setting aside the Princess Bride because there are so many lines that come from the Princess Bride that I can and have quoted in life. Um, As you wish, inconceivable. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> there, there's so many quotable lines from that movie, but. The the ones that really kind of that really kind of hit me and resonated with me. Um, number five is going to be a Matthew McConaughey movie Ooh. where he starred with Samuel L. Jackson, and that's from A Time to Kill. Ah, do you remember that movie? movie? Yeah, excellent movie. And the one that really stuck with me was the emotional punch at the end, where he's giving his closing argument. And he's talking about all of the terrible things that happened. He's, he tells the jurors, close your eyes. I'm going to tell you a story. And he tells the story about the little girl walking home from school who's set upon by these two men. And they beat her up. They tie her up. They throw full beer cans at her, tearing her little flesh and, to the bone. And then they take turns getting on top of her and raping her, you know, and destroying her little womb and blah, blah, blah. And he gets to the end. And just the look on his face as he delivers the line, and just solid, solid acting. But the final line of his closing argument is, now imagine she's white. Oh, shit, I remember that. And 
And because because they were talking, it was it was a racially divided town, and the little girl in question was was a little black girl, and and like immediately several of the jurors open up their eyes, and one one lady starts almost like crying. Um, but it was such an emotional line that that one really kind of stuck with me. My number four is actually it, the line from the movie that I watched for this episode actually snuck in there. Um, it's from A Boy Called Christmas, and the the line is, grief is the price we pay for love, and it's worth it a thousand times over. Can't believe you said something all poignant and then you said the phrase, it snuck in there, and I couldn't say anything because of it. <laughs> God damn it. Oh. So that's that's going to be my number four. That was a great line, and it as they said it, I was like, that's a great line. I all right. My number three, the the next two are actually lines that are in there for their comedic value, and I've actually used one of them several times. Uh, number three is from Dodgeball, and that line. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> no, no, but that one's funny. But the one that makes me laugh every time. And will someone catch a goddamn ball? It's like watching a bunch of retards trying to fuck a doorknob out there. I'm like, oh my god. God, that's so bad. So you say this when you're watching football games. <laughs> yes. Will someone catch a goddamn ball? Yeah, it's it's just I it, it it's one of those lines that I'm like, oh my god, that is Hilarious! I and can't believe much better with the gravelly voice of is it Rip Torn? It's Rip yeah, Torn. Rip Torn. But yeah. now I have thanks for the quote from my new Tinder profile. I appreciate that. <laughs> there you go. But what, what are you looking for? Uh, Fuck a doorknob. <laughs> but perhaps you may like my number two because I've actually used my number two at work at more than one location. And that's from the movie The Replacements. Did you see that movie? Yep. Great movie. Great, Great movie. movie. Owned that movie. Anyway, the owner is sitting in his box watching the replacement players play for the very first time. And they are, quite honestly, screwing everything up. They can't they can't get the, the ball hiked. They can't get <laughs> plays started <laughs> yeah. on time. They can't communicate. They, nothing is going right. And the owner looks down at the field and says, what the hell is going on down there? I've seen monkey shit fights at the zoo more organized than this. <laughs> That's the one with, uh, isn't Keanu Reeves in that? It, it right? is, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's he a good, he, he, has a, he has a good line as well in that. This, the scars Which are forever. One? Chicks dig scars. Oh, that's oh right. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wounds heal. Glory Chicks. is forever. Chicks dig scars. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, so that's my number two. But my number one is is actually an interesting line that I came across, and I'm like, oh, my God, that is so fucking true. It is so true in life. It is so true in my field of work that, I, that it has stuck with me, and it's from the movie World War Z. Oh. Have you seen that one? The, read the book a hundred times, and the movie was good, too. Brad Pitt is talking to the, is it the Prime Minister of Jerusalem? Yeah, yeah. the 
whatever the president or whatever it is yeah the the head of Jerusalem because Jerusalem was the only the only country that actually had things in place to combat the the zombie apocalypse right. basically they were the only ones that were expecting it or not expecting it but that were prepared for it and in the process of of giving Brad Pitt the explanation the the guy actually says this line and he says the problem with the human race is that nobody thinks that anything can happen until it does And that is so fucking true. And it is so true in my line of work. I encounter it all the time because you're like, well, but what about this? And you're like, oh, that can't happen. Well, just because it hasn't happened, it doesn't mean it can't. (laughs) It's two different things. I mean, that's, yeah. And and I encounter that so much and I'm always fighting it. And yeah, so that that was, that's the line that, that's one of the lines that that has stuck with me the most. There's a, there's plenty of medical journals out there with, a single case file in it. Yep. Yeah. My dad is one of those, actually. Really? Yeah, there's a, a, a bunch of doctors wanted to write a case file on them because something happened that they hadn't seen before. Hmm. Which I can't talk about on the podcast. That's but fair. It involves the peritoneal cavity and a rupture. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. But if you, I've, I've Googled um, him and uh, I found the article. Oh, oh, really? So, yeah. Who, your dad or the doctor? The I think the name of whatever it was is he was on. Uh, well, I guess I can say it doesn't. It's not really super interesting. But the the dialysis where they put the bag of the the dialyzer fluid into him and then let it then pull it out. Uh, and yeah, abdomen. Yeah, and it ruptured. And it, dialysis. Yeah, and it ruptured, and all the fluid went down and got stuck in a certain area mm. uh, in the eighties, and they uh, like. We it was a big uh, research hospital, Montefiore in Pittsburgh. So they're like, uh, "Can we write about this?" It was awkward as a eleven year old having to explain things. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's uh, close this out because this has been uh, long. We don't have a side B episode, but we basically had a double size side A. Mm-hmm, I've been accused of that. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You, you have not. <laughs> or maybe you have. So, guys, if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can always go to our website, GiveMe5Podcast.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me 5 Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram, at GiveMe5Pod. And you can email us directly, GiveMe5Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, guys, that's spelled out F-I-V-E, not the number five. And please, please, guys, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. It helps us stand out. It helps us move to the top of the list, and it helps other people find us. Yes. And thank you for listening. And just be aware, Omar and I are plotting a little bit of music. Mm. But in the meantime, guys, remember, we want you to give us five. I thought you were taking it to a sexual place. (laughs) You always (laughs) think that. That's why you're on the show. (laughs) 